It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned in to quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Welcome to Let's Talk America. I'm Shayna and I welcome you to yet another new episode of our award-winning podcast. Here on the program, we put the spotlight on the trending topics and issues you want to know more about. Simply put, you deserve to know more about. Many of you know that COVID-19 has impacted so many Americans, but not just physically. Let's talk about the mental and emotional health. I'm excited on this episode to welcome Michelle Dickerson. She is a mental health advocate who has a story to share. And she's also on a mission to take away the stigma of mental health and get as many people the help they deserve. Stay tuned in. Sharing is caring. So be sure to share this episode with a family or friend. We're going to have a brief break and hear from a national sponsor. And we'll be right back on with our exclusive interview with the one and only Michelle Dickerson. You're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. We are for real talk for real people. Well, that's you. Glamour Girl Fitness wants you to stop making excuses for fitness and get fit Glamour Girl style. Now supersede the word fitness with fun and incorporate the whole family. That's what Glamour Girl Fitness does with the Mommy and Me program. We take a time out for fitness. Find out more now by visiting www. .glamourgirlfitness.org Again, that's www.glamourgirlfitness.org Start the conversation today because you matter. Welcome, listeners of Let's Talk America Radio. Of course, we put the spotlight on the people and the trending topics you deserve to know more about. And, hey, what matters more than brain health? Talking about mental health. Did you know that suicide is the third leading cause of death in children ages 10 to 24, and that would be young people, leading to approximately 4,600 lives lost annually? One in five teenagers suffer from a mental disorder, and one in five U.S. adults age 18 and older report mental illness, and that was just a few years ago in 2016. And nearly one in four police officers have thoughts of suicide at some point, okay? That's according to some data that was collected. Now, the mental health stigma prevents so many from getting the care they truly deserve. Fear and shame prevent people from accessing the care. And the brain is just another organ, and sometimes it does need support, just like the heart, the kidneys, and other organs. And there is no health without mental health. I think many of us should know that. If you don't have good mental health, then you won't be healthy at all. This is a topic that may impact you personally. You have family, friends, um, there are colleagues that may be dealing with mental health. And it is time to put the spotlight on it. During this quarantining time, of course, um, the United States and the world is dealing with COVID-19. And um, often I thought, as many of you may have, what happens with mental health when you have something stressful like this impacting the entire world? world. I'm no expert.
expert on this, but I am honored right now to have someone that is an advocate in the community. She's out of New Jersey. I'm talking about Michelle Dickinson, and she is an author. She's also a TED speaker, and she takes this very serious. I do want you to know that she has started an organization called Tricenta Mental Health, and it focuses on educational and support services for everyone, especially those in the workplace, to bring an awareness to this very serious issue. Michelle, welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, excited to have you on. Now, let's talk about this. I want to bring up the trending topic. Uh, we're in the midst of COVID-19, this pandemic. Hopefully, this will end soon. Um, I don't think right now, of course, none of us have a crystal ball to exactly say when, but you know that topic alone can be extremely stressful. Of course, news outlets are doing their job. They're keeping us informed. Um, but in the midst of keeping us informed, uh, the elephant in the room is the fact that COVID-19 is a serious uh, stressful topic for many people. After all, um, there have been fatalities, over 100,000 worldwide. How yeah. does this fit into talking about mental health, Michelle? Yeah, so that's such a great question. And I think for the first time, um, we're going to start having folks who have never experienced a mental health imbalance or a brain imbalance uh, starting to understand what that feels like, to, to not have control and to maybe be uh, thinking about things um, a lot because of the level of media they're consuming and they might start dealing with depression for the first time because of isolation, right? Because we're all being quarantined to our homes. So, sure. you know, there's, there's, it, it's a very real um, probability we're going to have a lot of uh, depression that comes from this or even post-traumatic stress, especially for those healthcare workers and first responders. Wow. I mean, and, and that's serious. We need our first responders, um, and I'm going to go out on a limb as also say those other individuals that have proven to be essential during this time, delivery um, individuals yeah. as well, cashiers, uh, stockers. Um, you know, obviously first responders do deal with the stress, very important critical job. I think during COVID-19, we also see other essential professionals emerging. I'm thinking, what stress does the cashier have? She has to get up. She's helping with grocery yeah. store. You know, obviously we need food. But I'm sure there's an element of uh, healthy fear that's there because, after all, you know, and there are people that may debate some things about COVID-19, but we know there are fatalities. Sure, sure. And, that's, and that is the reality. And, you know, that risk is something that that cashier has to take on every day that they go to work, right? But we do know what, there are things we can do. We have control over taking care of our cleanliness, making sure we're wearing masks, and if we are at home being quarantined, um, it's really making sure that we're distancing ourselves from excessive amounts of consumption of social media and um, the news. Those are the things that we have control over, and that's what's going to fuel our fear, and the fear is what could cause the anxiety and the depression. So as much as we don't have control around what's going on out there, what we do have control over is what we consume in our brain and in our bodies and um, where we focus our energy. That's very important. Wow, absolutely. And, and 
focusing on that energy of where we can do that is going to be vital. You know, I want to talk about the stigma associated with mental illness. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. most people would have to be living under a rock not to get it. Um, You know, when people will say, well, they have heart disease, they have hypertension, um, they have diabetes, people receive that very different, Michelle. You know that. But when someone says they have depression or they have been diagnosed as bipolar or schizophrenic, then the perception changes for people. They'll look at their yeah. colleagues or neighbors or loved ones different. Yeah. How so? Exactly. Exactly. And it's unfortunate because we ha- we do have a stigma. We have to kind of break that down and normalize the conversation around mental health. So people do just relate to um, mental illness as just uh, the brain needing additional support. It, it really is just another organ, yet there's this fear of being judged. There's shame that goes along with it because you're not tough enough to get through it. Um, or there's fear of the, the treatments that, that might come. And, you know, all of those things really prevent people from getting care and have them suffer in silence. And, and that's something that, that we all have the ability to influence just by generating a conversation openly about what it's like to maybe not feel okay. Yes, I mean, and that's so important to get that conversation started. I mean, we know there are community members from different parts um, of our country listening in right now. Michelle, for some, and you may come from a family that was different, but to be open about things may not be familiar territory for those who suffer with mental illness or for those who love and support or work beside someone with mental illness because, you know, to a large degree, there are cultures out there around the world, I'm going to say this, where, you know, if it's a problem, keep it to yourself. There's no need to bring mm-hmm. that up. Um, you know, mm-hmm. often people will say there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with you and there's no need to let people in your business. You know, these are things I believe that lead to the stigma, which prevents yeah. us, unfortunately, of getting the help we deserve. Yeah, but, like, you know what? At the end of the day, Shauna, we're all human beings and we all long for connection. And whatever happened to just humanity of just checking in with someone and saying, yeah. hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? And, and just listening and just being there. You don't have to sit there and judge and say, I think you might be clinically depressed. No, okay. just be there and just be there and have a conversation and just be a human, you know, allow our natural, beautiful human nature to come through and really just care for one another. And you'd be surprised the difference that that would make for someone. Oh, and that's powerful, the difference it would make for someone, that person being important because we all are important. Listeners, you're tuned in to the award-winning broadcast, Let's Talk America Radio. We're putting the spotlight on mental health. That is so important. It's more important than ever dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. But any time, this is going to be a critical conversation. We're on now with advocate Michelle Dickinson. I do want to um, point out, for those that have been listening before, you're sharing some great points, Michelle. Um, this is a firsthand experience for you and I know something that was shared with me previously you grew up with your mother um, having um, a bipolar disorder and you have acknowledged there was some great deal of shame around that and you dealt with the highs and the lows of having a mother with that can you briefly um, talk about that experience Sure, sure. So, yeah, my mother was diagnosed when I was very little with bipolar disorder, and so she had the rapid cycling of um, extreme mania to deep depression, dark depression, where she was just, you know, completely um, disempowered by her sadness and her grief to the point where she would have to be hospitalized, which happened several times throughout my childhood. So it was really hard. It was hard to witness that because when you have a loved one that suffers and there's nothing you can do, it's quite paralyzing. Wow. I mean, and 
I love that you've become an advocate off of that and helping all of us really remove that stigma. And I know, Michelle, you navigated um, through your own depression as well to go on to build, like I said, Tricenta Mental Health, um, which is considered one of the fastest-growing mental health employee resource groups in the nation, right? Yeah, so I um, dealt with depression myself uh, after dealing with a life event. I was adopted, so I didn't think I would ever have to deal with what my mother dealt with, but a life event actually caused me to deal with depression for the very first time in my 40s. So that just proves that nobody's immune to a mental illness. Life can just really challenge us. And because of that experience, I got very connected to wanting to make a difference for people in the workplace particularly because I didn't feel um, that I was met with much compassion and I thought we could do a better job. So that's when I went off and I created Trifecta Mental Health and I leveraged all of my experience from my corporate life, my Fortune 500 companies that I had worked with um, to to really just cause change in the world. Um, So there's more compassion for people. You know, you brought up an interesting point. You said a life event can uh, trigger depression, and I think that's something that needs to be um, educated or more talked about because I think some people say, well, you know, I've never dealt with depression before. That's not me. That's somebody else. I'm good to go. But there are different life events, and there could be many things, and and, and we all know that as we're wired different, what could upset you may not upset the person next door, right? Um, Yeah. There are things that can. It could be anything from the passing of a loved one. It could be Mm -hmm. the separation of a relationship um, with a loved one or a family member. When it is that, when a life event triggers that, should those individuals be aware that there are resources and professionals out there as well? Or should they say, well, I'm going to hang in there for the long run and this will be over in three to four months? Yeah, so that's the thing. I think many of us, uh, go on and think that we have to shoulder all of all of those experiences by ourselves, and if we reach out for help, then we're weak. But I have to tell you that if a life event is so challenging that it's compromising your joy, you should definitely be be uh, open to exploring talking to someone, whatever that looks like for you. It could yeah. be it could be an online peer community, it could be okay. a friend, and it, and it could be a clinician. Whatever, whatever it looks like, I think um, folks need to be willing to say, hey, you know what, maybe there's, maybe there's some strategies, not necessarily a medication, but maybe there's some strategies that I can lean into to just help me kind of get through this, and it's okay, you know? Absolutely. It will be okay, especially with so many resources and a network out there. Even during COVID-19, as you pointed out, there are online resources as well that can help. We know it may not be the same for some people as in person, um, but it's still options out there. They don't have to go it alone. I want to talk about suicide right now. Yeah. I want to talk about teenagers and what parents should be aware of when this comes up. What are some of the signs that parents or guardians should be on the lookout for? Yeah, that's a really good question. And these, especially in these times with COVID, um, there's a lot of moving parts with this. The dynamics around around uh, depression and anxiety and uh, feeling isolated are all very dynamic. So I always would love to refer people because what the one thing I'm not is a clinician. I love referring people to the National Alliance for Mental Illness, which okay. is www.nami.org. 
because they have a comprehensive list of signs and symptoms that you should be looking for for a loved one or something that you might be experiencing that, that would validate you, okay, so maybe I do need to reach out and get support. I love that. I mean, that's so critical for everyone. And, and like, again, that resource available right now, even in the midst of quarantining, very important. I, I want to stay on the topic of children. Um, when a child, perhaps, maybe they're young, maybe they're an adolescent, and there may be mental health concerns within the family, maybe it's someone in the household or maybe it's an aunt they see occasionally, Michelle, uh, should parents be open to have that conversation or say, well, I'll wait till they get older to really explain what's going on? You know, there's so many wonderful tools out there, Shauna, to help kids just get in touch with their own emotions. And the moment you can get them connected to the feelings that they're having in their body to understand if it's fear or anger or upset, that to me cannot happen at a young enough age. Once they understand emotions and feelings, like a movie like Inside Out is perfect, helps them understand it. Then you can talk openly, and then you can normalize this conversation about mental well-being, you know, because then it, there's nothing, you know, so big about it. It's just, you know, maybe maybe auntie isn't feeling well because, you know, she deals okay. with that anxious feeling, that anxious feeling that you have, and you know that, that anxious feeling you have? Well, maybe she has a little bit more of it today. So you normalize it because you're not making it something so big that can't be talked about, at, you know, at, at their young age. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, before we leave, I want to talk about mental health and its impact in the workplace. Um, Often we talk about its impact on families, which most of this conversation has covered, but so many people spend a lot of their time, if not majority of their waking time, Michelle, at their jobs. And I can't help but to think when there's conflict at the jobs, you know that, and there's conflict at majority of organizations at some point to a certain degree, you wonder if the, um, the presence of mental illness in employees because people will say staff, employees, team members, but they're made up of real people who have real issues. And if those issues are not um, taken care of or properly addressed at home, it would have to spill over into the workplace, right? Exactly. But the problem is, though, Shauna, is that there are not enough workplaces that um, are having or cultivating compassionate environments so people can be their authentic selves and go to work, right? So what you have are employees who struggle with a mental illness at home. They have to put their mask on and go to work and pretend everything is okay, and they're struggling. So, you know, my invitation for employers, HR directors is what else could be done in the workplace to cultivate an environment that is open to having a a normal conversation about mental health? What education could you provide your people leaders so they were in tune and there was trust built between their employer, the employees and them to, to create an authentic kind of relationship so they could, maybe they need to work from home. Maybe just like, you know, someone in a wheelchair, they need special accommodations so that they can do the best that they can do. These are all things that could be done to really create a better environment for everyone. Oh, I love that. I mean, you're right. We really have to meet people where they are. In terms of getting the most productivity out of them, and I will say this, because people do with any issue, be it mental illness or any other physical ailment, doesn't mean that they're not productive, that they're not good at what they do. 
Right, right. And so that's also the fear of employees not wanting to disclose their illness because they don't want to be perceived as being less than. There are brilliant people who deal with autism, who deal with all kinds of things, and you just need to give them the environment they need and they will thrive and the business will benefit. Absolutely, and that's the human connection for all of us. And and I will certainly say this, that at some point, any of this can, and and if we're around long enough, will eventually impact us up close and personal. Yeah, yep, that's true. Michelle Dickinson, you're a TED uh, speaker, you're an author, and you're an advocate for mental health. We thank you so much for joining us in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. We still have to talk about those important issues. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but it's a great time, anytime, to talk about topics that matter. For our listeners that are interested in following up with you or learning more about your organization, where can they go? Sure. My website is michelledickinson.com. Feel free to reach out to me there. You can follow me on Instagram at michelledickinson71, um, or you can check out my book website. You can learn about my memoir. It's breakingintomylife.com. Michelle Dickinson, what a pleasure to have you on Let's Talk America Radio. We're going to have you back on, but thank you for all of your information. You're welcome. Thank you for having this conversation. Thank you. Listeners, you're tuned in to Let's Talk America Radio. Stay tuned in. We highlight the topics, the people you want to know more about. For additional information, visit LTARadio.com. Again, that's LTARadio.com. Okay, stay with us. Our rights reserved, copyright 2020.